0: Praise the Lord. This is Minister Dawn Richards, and thank you for joining me again today. We're continuing in our study on divine protection, and we're continuing also on the sub-lesson of activating so great salvation. We're talking about activating so great salvation, and I trust that you're getting a lot out of the teachings, that you're actually putting them to work in your own lives, and seeing results, and seeing the power of God, uh, come to life for you in your own situations and circumstances. That is always the prayer, and the res- and the the end result and desire of any word that goes forth. That that word become flesh. That it would become life in your individual lives and so- situations and circumstances. So, if you haven't been with us before, I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous teachings, uh, and and then you know pick up with us, of course, now. But in the last teaching on Activating So Great Salvation, it, it kind of leads into where we're going to pick up today. I shared um, a testimony of divine protection, a, a quite astounding testimony that I personally experienced, and, and a key lesson that the Lord uh, emphasized to me out of that, which is why um, I was led to teach on this, this topic, Activating So Great Salvation. The Lord kind of drove that home to me during that time, uh, and so listen to the previous teachings to get caught up with us because we're going to just jump right back in today. Glory to God. And what we want to do now is continue to go further and really look at how we activate So Great Salvation. The Lord has already admonished us not to neglect it. You know, he He starts off in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, by saying, you know, pay attention to the things you've already learned. You know, you've learned some things, you've been taught, and you need to pay attention to them and keep them, you know, in the forefront of your mind, in the forefront of your heart, in the forefront of your life, lest you let them slip. And how many times have, have we, I know I have personally, you know, you, you learn something from God's word, you learn a principle, you learn a truth, you begin to walk it out in your life. You may see results, glory to God. And, and then, you know, you may just kind of quote unquote, put it on the shelf. You're not as readily, um, acknowledging of it, or it, it just doesn't, resonate in the forefront of your of your day-to-day life and that's when we become vulnerable that's when we open the door for the enemy to come in and and catch us off guard catch us off our game so to speak so God says I don't want you to let things slip you know you may be listening to this teaching and you may be saying well I already know all that you know tell me something new well honey it's not what you know it's what you do and it's always good to hear things again because the Holy Spirit can minister to minister things to you in a new and fresh way That will bring another dimension of light, another dimension of understanding, another dimension of breakthrough in your life. So never dismiss the word of God. If you feel like you already know it, if you feel like, you know, I got this. Well, guess what? You probably don't. So just come in with an open heart and an open mind and let the Lord teach you and minister to you and be blessed. So we're going to pick up with activating So Great Salvation. Now, really looking at how we do it. How do we turn it on? Lord, you said not to let it escape or you said not to neglect it because if I neglect it, I, I I may not escape the things that the enemy tries to come up, bring upon my life and launch against me in these last days. So how is it that I turn it on? Because, you know, to activate something, you have to push the on switch and there's an on and off switch. We can activate things and we can deactivate things. So today we're going to learn the on switch. For seeing God's salvation manifested in our lives. Glory be to God. I want us to go in the Word of God now to Romans chapter 10. Let's go over to Romans chapter 10 and we're going to pick up there in verses 9 and 10. And this is a classic salvation scripture, if you will, born again scripture. I know when I was saved, when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I prayed this scripture. This was the scripture that I was led through and and used to receive Jesus. And, and you don't have to have a specific scripture or formula. Receiving Jesus, as I said before, is so easy. It can be as simple as, Lord, I give you my life. God knows your heart, and he knows when you're giving your life and your heart to him. So don't ever be bound or in bondage to any specific formula. But this is the word of God. This is the truth, and God is sharing here how it happens. Because no matter what you do, This was a part of it. Whether you said these exact words, whether you simply said, Lord, I give you my life, whether you said, Lord, take my life, whatever it is, this was what you did. You had to believe something and then you had to say something. Hallelujah. So in Romans 10, starting in verse 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So here, the Lord makes it very clear that salvation and faith must be alive, or faith to receive salvation must be alive in two places. It's going to be in our heart, and it's also going to be in our mouth. That's why I said no matter how you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, no matter how you became born again, whatever whatever it was that happened in your life, it involved your heart, it involved you believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and it involved you speaking that out in some way to receive it, giving your life to him in some way, glory to God now the, the salvation that's referred to here and that's listed here is the same soteria. It's that same all-encompassing salvation that we talked about in the last teaching that concerns every area of our lives. But so often when we, when we read the scripture and when we hear these verses, we limit it again to that just initial salvation from eternal death and sin and damnation to eternal life. It's that, but it's so much more. So I just want to emphasize that once again, that when we talk about so great salvation, a magnificent salvation, this touches every area of our lives and our existence. That's how God does it. Jesus saved us to the uttermost. Glory be to God. The scripture says in Hebrews seven twenty-five, it says Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost. And he ever lives to make intercession for us before God night and day. Point. Conclusion, when God does something, he doesn't half do it. He doesn't half step. He does it all the way. He covers every base. Glory be to God. And when he saved us, he covered every base that could impact our lives from now throughout eternity. He made provision for it. He blessed us with it. And now all we have to do is believe it and receive it and activate it. Glory to God. So. Knowing that faith is in our heart and has to also be in our mouth, sometimes we fall short. Now, we may not fall short there because we know that's, that's the formula, so to speak, for being born again. But if you look more closely at the scripture, let's go back, let's go back here to verse 9, starting again. And it says, confess with your mouth, so you're saying something. That word confess means to speak aloud, to say aloud. You're actually saying something. You know, Christianity used to often be referred to as the great confession because you're confessing your faith in Jesus Christ. And that involves actually opening your mouth and saying something. And I, and I, I stress this because I know for a lot of believers, that's not something that you may be accustomed to doing. You may not be accustomed to taking that next step And speaking forth what you believe from God's Word but it says here we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart it says that with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so God here has given us a blueprint for obtaining anything we want within that umbrella of salvation So if you were, for instance, desiring to have God's healing power manifested in your life, the same principle applies. You would believe in your heart what the word of God has to say about healing, that healing in fact is for you, that it is God's will for you to be healed, that with the stripes of Jesus you were healed and made whole. You could go from cover to cover from the Genesis to Revelation and you could see and read and then choose to believe Because you have to choose to believe it. God is not going to force you. He's given you faith, Romans 12, 3 says. So you have the faith in your heart, but you're going to have to stir it up. You're going to have to make a choice. I see what God has said about my life. I see what he said about my healing, about my physical well-being. And then choose to believe it. You know, people who choose to believe it, guess what? It doesn't work for them. That's no big mystery. But when you do choose to believe it, and then you... Operate according to what God has made available in this word through faith and you speak it forth. You're activating it. You're turning that switch on for it to manifest in your life. So again, the example, if you want to see healing in your life, you're going to see what the word of God has to say about it. You're going to believe it just like you chose to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You're going to also choose to believe that his word about healing is true. You're going to believe it in your heart. And then... You're going to go the next step and you're going to confess it with your mouth. And confession, verse 10 says, will be made unto healing. So you plug in, you plug in healing. It says you believe with your heart. See, this is just the formula. You believe with your heart. Confession is made unto and then fill in the blank. So I want you in your mind's eye to just imagine where it says made unto salvation I want you to imagine that being a blank line and you fill in the blank with whatever it is you need from God's word. When you see it in God's word, you have a right to believe for it because God has backed it with his word. If it's not in the word of God and you're floating out here on some cloud somewhere, then you know what you are on your own pretty much. God doesn't have any responsibility to bring that to pass in your life. But when you see it in his word, his holy word, his infallible word, then you can hang your hat, you can hang your very life on it, and you can trust God for it. And He'll walk you through all the things and the pat and whatever it is we need to make and do, and any changes and, and understanding we need. He'll bring us to that place of fulfillment ultimately. But there are no limits because it's made unto fill in the blank, made unto a family, made unto restoration made unto financial prosperity, made unto divine protection, glory to God. You see, there are no limits. So when we begin to walk in this, then we begin to activate so great salvation. When we don't walk in this, we do what the word of God cautions us against, and we neglect so great a salvation. And it's almost like the Lord is sitting in heaven and he's wanting to just pour out into his children. And he's saying, why won't you take advantage of what I've given you? Why are you neglecting this? I mean, just imagine if you are a parent or if you're not, you can still imagine if you have something for someone, whether they're your child or not, and you really want to give it to them and you want to be good to them. But they just won't accept it. They just won't do what's necessary to receive it from you that could simply be holding out their hand, they're neglecting that essential element, then you can't release what you have. And it lies dormant, glory to God. So what God is saying here is that the word of God is not meant to just stay in your heart and in your mind. That's where it starts. That's where faith starts, because you first of all got to know what you believe. So once you see it in God's word, you learn about it, you desire it, Then the next step is getting it into your heart. That's going to come through study. That's going to come through meditation. That's going to come through reading it again and again, saying it over and over to your heart, building it up in your heart where it's truly a reality for you. That This is what belongs to me and this is mine right now because Jesus has already bought and paid for it I don't have to wait for him to purchase it I don't have to wait until I'm good enough I don't have to wait until my performance is perfect I don't because it never will be I don't have to wait until I've crossed all these things off the list I have prayed this many hours I've gone to church this many times you know I've won this many souls no 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 none of that it's already here ready and available for you for the taking glory to God all you've got to do is open the door Through your faith, all you got to do is turn on that on switch and activate so great salvation. And so when we do that, as we just demonstrated through the scripture, we see the pattern here in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Believing what the word of God says to us in this instance about divine protection. We looked at, we took time over a couple of teachings to just look at the scripture. Just simply read through the scriptures not all of them, but some key ones that talk about God's divine protection. That is building us up so we can believe it in our hearts and minds. Believe it in our heart. And then the next step is to confess it with our mouth. And it will be made unto divine protection in our lives. You know, Jesus emphasized and demonstrated the importance of words. He, he, he always in his ministry Focused on speaking the right words and activating our faith through our words again and again. I mean, Mark 11 is a a great expose on that. You can go back and study that on your own time. But he taught us that it's not only what we say when we pray for a few minutes or even hours a day, but rather it's what we say all the time that's going to result in the life we live. Why is that? Because we frame our worlds through our faith. And we release our faith through our words. So, yeah, you believe it in your heart. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. But the Bible didn't stop there. It didn't just say if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. If that was the only thing that was needed, it would have stopped right there. But God went on to add and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead. Then thou shalt be saved. And so it's the same formula for anything else we want. Any other blessing, any other, you know, impartation from from heaven is going to work the exact same way. And there really isn't any getting around it. You know, your mouth has been given as the dispenser of salvation and eternal life, the God quality of life. That's what eternal life in its essence is. Is all about. It's about living the God quality of life. And, and and when you think about that, just think about how God lives. Is God sick? Is God mad? Is God angry? Is God fearful? Is He worried? You know? Is God weak? Is God being defeated by the devil? No. So when we accept his divine life, and the Bible teaches us how we do it, it says through his exceeding great and precious promises. So see, it's all tying together. Glory to God. When we take the word of God, we take what the word of God has to say about our lives. We believe that word. We put it in our hearts. We believe it in our hearts, and we speak it forth out of our mouths. We put a life force in motion that works its way to us. Now, it doesn't always happen immediately or overnight, and that's where another spiritual force known as patience comes into play. And we're going to look at some scriptures on that in just a moment. But once you begin to speak that word forth out of your heart, it is a reality for you. Jesus says, believe you receive when you pray. And I say, when you pray, when you say, if you command, if you decree, if you declare, if you pray, whatever it is you're doing to release that faith out of your heart, it's moving, it's working, it's activating. And we obviously walk by faith, not by sight. So we're not going by what we see out here in this physical material realm to to determine if it's working. We trust that God is faithful and that his word is working because we've seen it in the word and we believe it. That's the only proof we need. That's what faith is all about. If we could see it and touch it, we wouldn't need faith. So we believe, we keep our faith in action. We don't let it slip. We don't neglect it. We don't get lazy, but we stay on it. And and I'm preaching to myself just as well as I'm preaching to whoever is listening. Glory to God because I've had times when I've laxed off and the Holy Spirit is so faithful to come back and nudge you and and bring things back to your remembrance and and, and and caution you and he knows what's coming he knows everything about our lives he has supervision over our lives he knows and and, and just break that word up supervision you know in the world of of flying and and aerospace uh dynamics and all of that. When all these planes are taken off and this one's headed to Boston and this one's headed to Texas and this one's headed to Hawaii, we need an air traffic controller to control all of that. We need somebody in the sky or in, in the tower overseeing all of what's happening. Why? So there isn't a collision. And that's what God does in our lives. He oversees. He has supervision over our lives So he can see everything way down the road that's coming and he knows where we need to be. He knows where we need to be in our faith. He knows where we need to be positioned. He knows how we need to be thinking. He knows what we need to be saying. He knows what we need to be giving. He knows what we need to stop doing. He knows all of that so that we can reach our destination. We can reach our destiny. Glory to God. Because we've all been put here to fulfill a destiny. And God's Committed to getting us to our destiny as we walk with him and as we trust him. Bless the Lord. So once we begin confessing the word of God over our lives, our job is then to hold fast to it as a profession or a way of life. Because that's what a profession is. You know, if you ask someone, what is your profession? Typically, that's what they do as a way of life. That's their occupation. That's their trade, if you will. You know, their profession could be nursing, their profession could be teaching, their profession could be sports, um, their profession could be ministry, ministry, preaching. Whatever it is, it's their way of life, you know, how they earn their living, so to speak. And let's look at that in the scripture. Let's go over to Hebrews, and we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I just want you to see that in the word of God. I think it's so good to put these things before your eyes and you can take the notes and you can always go back and continue to study it um, in your downtime and, and continue to listen to these messages over and over again. We make them available to you mostly, most times for free via iTunes or directly on the website. You can download them. You can take them with you when you're out during your day on the go, in the car, on vacation, you know, at work, wherever you are, you're not Far from God's word and and God wants you to have it. And so we want you to have it. So don't just listen once. Keep listening because you're going to get more and more each time you listen. I guarantee you it always works that way for me. I hear something that I didn't hear before and the Holy Spirit can enlighten it just the right way that time to get me what I need for that moment than the other time. And so it never gets old. You know, I still have all, almost all of my old, back when I got born again, it was cassette tapes. And I have tons and tons, literally bags and bags and bags of cassette tapes that I bought, you know, over my Christian life, you know, when they were the thing that we bought, um, because I was investing in my spiritual life. I was investing in my spiritual growth, and it, it was worth it to me. And at the time that I got saved, I was a student still, so I didn't have a lot of Extra, you know, what is it? Discretionary spending money if you will. I was still pretty reliant on mama's purse strings purse strings and and uh, Grandmama's purse strings when she was so blessing and and so generous as she always was but you know I took my money and I took it seriously. I tithed However, you know meager it was a tithe is just 10% so whether you're tithing 40 cent or whether you're tithing 4 million a tithe is a tithe and God honors it the same tithe, I gave, and I invested in my spiritual growth. So getting these teachings and paying for them is worth it. Anything that's worth it is worth the expense to get it. When you go to a conference, if your job sends you to a conference to to learn a new skill or to enhance the skills you already have, they typically have to pay. There's typically a registration fee involved. There's typically some, some cost associated with it. And that It's merited, and you wouldn't think twice about that. But when it comes to oftentimes our spiritual lives, people want to get everything on the cheap. And that's really sad because that's that's the crux of who you are. That's the crux of your life. That should be the area where you're willing to invest more than anywhere else. You should be willing to buy the books and listen to the CDs and the MP3s and whatever it is, whatever form of media that you prefer. That is something that you should take seriously and make an investment in you. That's an investment in your spiritual life. That's an investment in your future. That's an investment in your family's future. Because as strong as you can become in God, as strong as you can become in in your walk with the Lord, you can help another brother or sister. You can help your own family. Glory to God. So think about that. If you've never thought about it that way and you've never really been one to Buy books, buy teachings, you know, go to go to ministry conferences or, or church conferences, begin to ask the Lord to, to um, enlighten that for you. And, and he'll show you he'll show you where you should go. I'm not saying you should go to everything that calls itself a Christian conference because that's not not always you know, a good thing. But I am saying prayerfully begin to make a decision to invest in your spiritual life. And we've come to the end of our time for this teaching. So we're going to pick right back up next time in Hebrews 10. So I look forward to having you with me again soon. And until then, God bless you and thank you for listening.